And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell He scores the ball and he rebounds well Don't fight the future, here comes Luca. Even losses feel like wins When you're with your good friend Tim It's 77 minutes in heaven Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that will not trade anyone at the deadline. We're going to, we like our, you know, our boys in blue. We like our roster. We're just going to keep it the same. I'm Tim Cato. I read and talk about the Mavericks. We've got Dave Dufour. He uh, talks about the Mavericks and the NBA and a lot of other stuff. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on. We're trying to trade, uh, we're, we're trading Dak Prescott if we're trading anybody. <laughs> What are we? We're, we're gonna make. I mean, a, you said the boys in blue. The first thing I thought of was you know the Cowboys, not not the Mavs. But we're gonna go trade for uh, Dave. I've I've got bad news. We're trading you straight up for Kevin O'Connor. One for one swap. Uh, people say that um, the Ringer is getting fleeced, but hmm. you know, well, you I know, like your that, fit over there. You know, versatile defender. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, speaking of defense. Uh, I think that's more or less where we're going to start. The Mavericks are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. This Oof. is not a good stretch of basketball. It's a little hard to talk about the team because they're just getting players back. Uh, they just lost Christian Wood. The defense obviously had been horrid for the past 10 games. Over the past two games, which means nothing, it's not really a sample size, but they do have the fifth best defense in the past couple games. Uh, that just means that they had a couple better defensive performances. And, you know, that's how they beat Miami over the weekend mm-hmm. uh, on, was that Friday? And then everything runs together. Yeah, they beat yeah, Miami on I, Friday, but then yeah. on Sunday they lost to LA. And I, I want to talk a little bit. I want to start us out a little bit just talking about that game against the Clippers, uh, that, that early afternoon game that they just weren't good enough. And so here's the thing. Um after last Wednesday's loss to Atlanta, Jason Kidd called out the team's defensive performance. He said later it wasn't a call-out. felt like a call-out to me. Um, he also opened that statement that he said, that answer that he gave, by saying, if this is our personnel, and then he went on to talk about having to focus on defense, it's not all about offense, but if this is our personnel, seems like a uh, calculated choice of words there. Just interesting. Note that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when reports come out that Luca uh, desires for the roster to change, um, let's just say he's not the only one within the franchise, and I'm not just talking about Jason Kidd, who has a desire for the roster to change. But after Jason Kidd did that at, uh, against Atlanta, the Mavericks came out. They were much, much, much better defensively against Miami. Um, Christian Wood didn't play. I 
I think we're going to get into this a little bit. We're going to talk about this a little bit. I, I, I don't think it's as simple as just saying Christian Wood was out and they played good defense. Obviously, a lot of this is Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith returning from injury. Yep. But we saw the failures and the shortcomings of what this team can be defensively against the Clippers. I thought we saw that very clearly. In the first half, Dallas did what they did really well last season. And they just ran around. They rotated really well. And to me, that game, that loss against the Clippers, it changed when Avaka Zubac got his fourth foul and Tyloo didn't play him the rest of the game. And you guys remember this. Those two Clippers series. It felt like every minute that Tyloo played Zubac in those series, he was doing the Mavericks a favor. And it felt like it played out again because what the Mavericks are really good at with their rotations, with their activity, is that they actually collapse really well into the paint. And Zubac was having a hard time, even when he was getting deep post positioning, he was rushing shots. He wasn't, you know, a big man playing against smaller people in that game. But once Zubac was out of the game, once the game became five out small ball for about a quarter and a half, the Clippers started getting their rhythm. And the Mavericks like to double you know, these one-on-one merchants, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, rightly so, you know, pretty much everybody in the league since doubles at, you know, certainly Kawhi. But when the Mavericks sent that double, Kawhi rotated. He's not a, you know, exceptional passer in those circumstances. He's not threading the needle to a player under the basket. He's just making the safe outlet pass to the guy standing next to him. Then the ball would hum around the perimeter. And because it was five-out basketball, small-ball basketball, Basically, the Mavericks, who were playing Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Tim Hardaway Jr. in a lot of these lineups, did not have the perimeter defense to prevent consistently, uh, you know, dribble breakdowns, man breakdowns, um, as the ball rotated around. That's how Norm Powell kept getting layups right at the basket. You know, the ball would get to Norm Powell, and because the Mavericks were, you know, fair, he wasn't open, but he was... You know, he had a player closing out on him. He would just beat them right to the rim. And they don't have shot blockers among any other perimeter players. They don't have good enough man defenders to not, you know, concede these drives to the rim. And, you know, if somebody did get to the rim in time for Norm Powell, all of a sudden, you know, it was an open three-point shot or something to that extent. And so I think this is where the Mavericks, you know, this this is where their shortcomings lie, you know, is that, you know, they're trying a defensive style that, Last season, we saw it amplify the players that they have, but ultimately, they just don't have enough good defenders. You know, they they have a talent deficiency on that end that even if they found a scheme at times, uh, can amplify them above the sum of the parts, that it's going to keep happening where, you know, the style they're trying to play is just going to break down because of the talent they have out there. I do think that Christian Wood would have helped in that game. You know, I, I don't think it's as simple as saying Christian Wood is out and all of a sudden they're playing better defense. You know, certainly in the Miami game, I don't think that was the case. Uh, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green returned in the loss to Atlanta. But, you know, it was their first game back. The defense was bad. I'm going to chalk that up to, you know, not that Christian Wood exits and all of a sudden they have two better defensive performances. But that, you know, the first game back with the the defenders was just kind of a sloppy mess. But clearly... They are more willing to rotate aggressively and send players all over the court when Christian Wood isn't out there. And 
I think that's a real question. You know, if, if Christian Wood defensively, even while he's been playing better, and I think we can both agree on that, if he still doesn't jive with this defensive style that they're trying to play, you know, there is, once again, we're, we're back to the question of, are the Mavericks going to extend him this summer? Are they going to let him walk for nothing? Or should they try to trade him right now? And that brings up the question of, like, can they even trade him? You know, what's his market value? It feels like a team like Dallas is his perfect fit, a team that needs talent, a team that's a mid-tier team. Top-end teams, I don't think, want Christian Wood. They're not looking for, you know, him to join their starting lineup. And even though Christian Wood came off the bench, and, you know, maybe we're seeing the reason why, you know, he was used in a more reserved role, because that is a role that could better fit, you know, some of these elite teams. Um, I'm just not sure that elite teams are wanting to make that gamble or are interested in, you know, taking a swing at uh, someone like Christian Wood, who's, you know, just fit is uncertain. Likewise, you know, he's 27, and I don't think, uh, you know, the bad teams of the league are really looking to trade for him and then extend him as some part of a rebuilding project. And so I think the Mavericks are very limited in the teams that would even be interested in him. But his fit, I, I don't think we're any closer to saying for sure that this is a player that they want, that the Mavericks want as long as part of their long-term project, but for the fact that they need talented players. And unquestionably, he is very talented. Uh, yeah, and the biggest problem that they have in my mind, and this is, you know, this is the sport of basketball. You need playmakers and not just guys that can make plays with the ball in their hands. I mean, they have one of those guys and they, I mean, they have a couple, but they really have the, their main offensive guy who who can create advantages and make plays for other people. But, you know, this team is bottom five in the league in blocks, bottom five in the D in steals, uh, it, it dead last in rebounds the last 10 games, just defensive rebounds, doesn't offensive rebound really well. They're not getting anything on the margins. They're doing nothing to help themselves win these games. So it's straight up, hope your half-court offense can score. Um, that's a problem for your defense, too, because they're like they're getting worked and your your offense isn't actually creating any any extra um, you know, again, the lack of offensive rebounding. Not getting steals, not getting blocks means fewer transition opportunities for easy buckets. So turning that defense into offense has been a, a real big problem for them. And especially, again, not doing those things the last 10 games has, has really it stood out. And this is where Christian Wood was helping them. I thought Christian Wood actually did do some stuff. He was blocking shots. I mean, this, this is a guy who, who really had a, a couple of nice games. Um, blocking shots here and there, and they need that kind of playmaking. But you're right. They are, what, what do we got, 14, 16 days for them to yeah. make a decision basically on, on Christian Wood? And no decision, meaning, you know, they're not coming to any sort of agreement on an extension, and they're not trading him. That's the worst thing they, they can do. Um, So... They, I don't know. They, they're sort of this perfect odd match in that he's a good fit for them. They are kind of the only team that that really could be in the market for him. Because like you mentioned, none of the younger rebuilding teams are, are looking for a 27-year-old 
who we're not really clear on on what sort of player he actually is because we just haven't really seen it. Um, and, and he's not good enough to be on one of these contenders. So uh, a contender looking to make a title push isn't really going to give you anything for Christian Wood. I just don't know what the market outside of Dallas for him would be, which may play into their hands if they do wind up you know, deciding, all right, we're going to hang on to him and try to work out an extension because they might get him a little bit cheaper than than maybe they would have before the season started. So I don't know. That's an odd situation. But the stuff on the court, I mean, I thought things were going well until about, you know, during that winning streak, things look great. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. But yeah, the last 10 games has not, not looked good. It didn't feel like it would bottom out or you know i i wasn't a believer that the mavericks were great because they won seven straight games i said that you know i tweeted that i didn't think that they would respond like this necessarily you know i thought that the past 10 would go somewhat better uh you know i get that they lost to boston you know that makes sense they beat new orleans but you know they lost a couple more games that luca didn't play in and they lost Twice to the Clippers, which feels, you know, just like, you know, completely losing to the Clippers with a roster that, you know, with a with a group of players that are the same players that you, you know, the team ran out there in 2020 and 2021 is just, you know, it doesn't actually mean anything more, but it just really identifies, you know, how these role players have been the same. And hey, if you go and beat the Clippers with the same group of players, that's a little bit different. Because then you're building something, then it makes sense why you kept them around. But, you know, they, they didn't do that. You know, you know, two years ago, this group of players, um, you know, there's been some changes. But broadly, two years ago, this group of players wasn't good enough uh, to, to beat a title contender like the Clippers. You know, if, if they're even that, you know, we're not even sure about that. And now two years later, they have a very similar group of players and, you know, they still don't have clear answers about how to move forward um you know those those, the back-to-back losses to portland uh are going to haunt them yeah i mean portland is not as good as dallas and look you you luca didn't play in one of those i i understand that but losing both is bad and it could come into play for them which is the, the west is so just jumbled and they're, you know, the elite teams are not, I mean, Denver is elite. Memphis is elite. After that, I don't know. Um, And and these games may actually cause them a problem. If Portland can just hang around long enough. Um, Yeah. And the, the real misstep there was the first Portland game that Luke played in 
But two nights before, Luka had played like 51 minutes in a right. double overtime game against the Lakers. At, at that point, you're, you know, it was basically set up to be a, a loss. And yeah. it's just, you know, it's this is how the season has gone for them consistently. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're all interested to see if the team can get into a bit of a rhythm now that they're healthier. Christian Wood won't be out forever, uh, you know, but he, you know, he's probably going to miss another week. And then where are you? You know, like then you're right up against the trade deadline. And the one thing that you're kind of interested in looking at, if Christian Wood's improved defensive showings over the past few weeks could gel with a healthy roster that has its defenders back. Yeah, I think, you know, we all talked about that. We all talked about being interested in seeing that. And, you know, as time is ticking closer to the deadline, you're losing valuable evidence and, and um, you know, chances to really look at how this uh, looks on the court. And, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> there's only so much to say when it, when it comes to that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically what we've been saying all year. I mean, this right. is... Um, we're in the, you know, it's late January. We're sort of in the doldrum of the, of the season. And I, I do think that this year coming into the deadline is also going to be kind of weird. Um, so many teams in the mix. I, I don't know how to read the tea leaves as we're looking, you know, ahead two weeks from now. I do think this team ought to make a move, though. And, and maybe not one that's short-sighted about this season. Because I, I don't know that they're a move or even two away from a title this year. But, man, if if there was ever a time to try to swoop in and snag a guy, maybe, you know, for next year or for the next few years, you know, one of these guys who expiring, like Kyle Kuzma would actually be pretty good on this team. Oh, I don't yeah. think they, yeah, I don't think they can get him. But, man, yeah, he would be a, a pretty not good Not without fit. giving up a first-round pick. And I right. just don't think first-round pick is on the table, you know? Right. Here, let's, I, I wrote about this, this trade briefly because I think it's, you know, it's been discussed a lot. Um, it's uh, a hypothetical trade structure, just Tim Hardaway Jr. for Karis LeVert. And I think it, whether, whether that deal is on the table or not, whether, you know, certainly there's been some reporting that Cleveland is interested in Tim Hardaway Jr. Basically, the dilemma of this trade that applies to pretty much every trade that Dallas is interested in making um, as they as they look at this is that I think they're probably going to be a worse team if they make that trade because Tim Hardaway Jr.'s is more important to their success this season just in terms of you know them being so three-point reliant you know this is still a team that I believe is 10 and 3 when he hits at least four threes and Luca is playing but Karis LeVert he's an expiring contract basically you have 30 days to say well maybe He's part of the long-term future. I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. is. I don't think anybody on the team, to be honest, views him as being part of their long-term future. They tried to shop him last year, and he's, you know, he wasn't great last season, but he's he's clearly declining as a player. But if you can go make a trade that might, it, it might not be the trade that makes you better this season. Are you willing to stomach that? Especially when Luka Doncic, someone like Luka Doncic, presumably wants the team to do something in the opposite direction, you know, to make them better this year. Like, how do you juggle those two things? Because it's clear that, you know, I, I'm not a big Karis LeVert guy. I don't think that Me he'd either. be part of the team's future. Uh, not for this either. team. Yeah. But 
there's a better chance of him, you know, and his clear talent, you know, just all of a sudden the Mavericks being like, oh, okay, there's there's something here and it actually works really well with Luca and, you know, we think we can, you know, fix him. Um so to say. Again, I'm not a big believer. I, I I don't think I'd make that move because I just I don't see him being a winning basketball player. I, I value but Tim Hardaway's shooting more yeah. than whatever Karis Levert's going to bring for you off the bench. Um, right. I, I just think that Tim Hardaway is a better fit on the court, and you know you've got that continuity for this season. Yeah, which matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know I've talked about this before. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. basically puts. If he's this involved in your offense, if he's getting 30-plus minutes a night, he puts a ceiling on how good you can be, right? And right now, the Mavericks have to lean into that ceiling because they're a mid-table team, to use a soccer term. You know, they're not one of the elite teams. As they're trying to move into that tier, they're going to have to move on from Tim Hardaway Jr. They're going to have to replace his minutes with somebody who has more two-point shot creation, who has more defensive ability, um, you know, who isn't somebody who's going to close out on Norm Powell and, you know, give up a blow-by layup. This season, though, you know, they need his three-point shooting. And, you know, making, you know, let's, let's say it's another player that isn't Karis LeVert. You know, I, I don't know how many, um, you know, realistic offers they have. You know, there's, there's certainly teams that, are just like, yeah, we need, we need a shooter for this year because we're trying to go for it. Um, and if you could get a player in that tier, you know, maybe somebody that you and me like a little bit better, but still is not a guarantee to fit this team's long-term future, but maybe there's a chance of it. I, I, you know, that's, that's the, these are the debates and the discussions that the team is wrestling with internally in terms of can you justify the likelihood of a step back in exchange for you know, maximizing the future. In reality, I think what the team's really looking at is is lateral moves, you know, seeing if they can use a second to trade Davis Bertans, especially if they're looking at Christian Wood and saying him and his, his camp doesn't want to extend in the season, but we are really going to try to sign him this summer. But to do that, that means committing money that, you know, would put us well back into the luxury tax. So let's try to get rid of a contract that has three more years on it for a player that, you know, isn't valuable to us. Um, you know, maybe it's not, uh, you know, maybe it's not uh, Davis Bertoms. Maybe it's a slightly more usable player like Reggie Bullock, who you, the team is just determining, you know, maybe the turnaround happens, maybe it doesn't, but we would just rather give all of Reggie Bullock's minutes to Josh Green um, and just see what happens and, and move on from there. There's a good chance that, you know, Bullock, who has a uh, partially guaranteed contract next year, there's a good chance that the Mavericks would move on from him anyway. If they're kind of leaning that way, then yeah, maybe go trade him and see if you can, you know, bring back just a player who has a chance to do something. See if you can package him with with Davis Bertans. You know, these are the type of moves that they probably are more realistically looking at. But it, I don't know. It's just crazy that Tim Hardaway Jr. is like this level of importance to them. You know, it makes sense. I, I, I get it. It's it's the way that this team has to play. Um, but yeah, it's... it's. I'll, I'll say this. Whatever happens at the trade deadline, it's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be, like, fun and exciting, you know? It's, it's going to be something that has to be viewed in the context of where the Mavericks are trying to go. 
shuffling deck chairs and not to call yeah. this the Titanic, but it is going to be uh, just shuffling. Um, I, there are no big pieces that, that seem to be available. I mean, you know, that at least for this team, like they're not in on the OG Ananobi sweepstakes. They're, they're yeah. not going to be able to swing Fred Van Vliet. They're not going to be and in on Pascal. No, well, Fred Van Vliet for sure. No. But I mean, Pascal Siakam would be amazing. You know, yeah, you can't yeah, do it Yeah, Pascal right Siakam, now. obviously, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But, but, uh, but they're just not going to make... I, I, do, I just don't see them getting a true needle mover. And a big part of that is just the market. The market is, is not there. There's, there's mm-hmm. nothing out there. There's so many teams. The play-in has worked. Is is one of the big problems that the Mavericks are running into. That a lot of teams that are just on the, you know... Fighting for play-in that years ago, a couple years ago, would have been tanking teams. They actually have a chance. And, and then there are some teams like, I mean, the Lakers, who are outside the playoffs right now looking in, outside the play-in, but they're going to go for it because they have LeBron. So you've got teams that, you know, traditionally at this point of the season, we would have been sellers. And now they're just not. And so the players just aren't out there. They're just, the moves are not available to be made and it's one of these things where i think the summertime acquisition window has become more important and not in free agency because free agency is dead too player movement is actually i it feels like it's a little bit down um because of the the competitive nature and and parity in the league right now so you know I, i mean personally i like that for the league don't necessarily like it for the mavericks this year yeah Things will be more fun and, you know, after the trade deadline. I will say the schedule coming up is not simple, um, especially after. So it's it's Washington, Phoenix, Utah, Detroit, and then a real stretch of really tough games where it's home against New Orleans, away at Golden State, away at Utah, away at L.A., a back-to-back uh, against Sacramento, um, also on the road, come home and play Minnesota, you go to Denver the next day. You know, that's that's a lot of playoff teams. And, you know, it now seems like Maxi Kleba is going to be back this season. And, look, I still think this is a good team, you know, an above-average team. I, I think it's a team that's not going to, you know, that's going to avoid the play-in, I, especially given the stakes and the, you know, where the West sits and that there aren't, you know, more than one or two teams really emerging. But it's going to be tough to you know shuffle through it for the next few weeks and I think just once the trade deadline is passed and the focus can be back on this season and not on the you know tough couple off seasons that are coming to try to turn this team that only has so many assets into you know a title contender I think things will feel you know they'll be easier to talk about which please that 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 is always a good thing and I think they'll they'll be more fun to watch but Right now, I, I just think that the, the games and the, the injuries and everything is kind of bleeding together with uh, everybody just taking a realistic, serious look at what lies ahead for this team, even beyond this season. And, you know, it's not hopeless. I, I don't want to say that. I, I want to make that clear. I, I think there are paths that the Mavericks can figure this out. But it's just hard to see them. Um and it's hard to, and especially going to be hard to see, you know, even trade deadline moves. Um, it's not going to be clear how or if they'll help until some point down the road. 
So I think that's a place to sum this up. You got anything, yeah. anything else, Dave? No, I, I think that we're, we're sort of in this holding pattern right now and it's going to be a the purgatory. next couple of weeks. Yeah. The next couple of weeks in particular, you know, I think it's a good point that you made that post trade deadline post all-star, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit more fun for this team. You know, they should be hopefully back to full health. Um, but they were playing pretty good basketball for a little while there. I'd like to see them get back to that. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's a rough time of year when, when you don't have the talent. I mean, we're seeing the team start to separate now and have talent. I mean, Boston just went on a nine game win streak, Denver, Memphis, both just double digit win streaks. And, and that's, you know, sign of a good team is like, how were you doing in January, February, March? I, I think that, um, you know, we know that this team is sort of middle of the road of the playoff teams, somewhere between three and seven. Right. And, and they've basically performed to that up to now. I, be curious to see what they wind up doing at the deadline. Um, next few weeks are going to be fascinating. We're going to keep talking about it. That's for sure. We'll have another episode later this week. So we'll talk to you then. In the meantime, see ya. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. Even losses feel like wins. When you're with your good friend Tim, it's 77 minutes in heaven.